you are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast where we talk about all of Major League Baseball, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully on this episode, which is being dropped on what the hell day is it? It is December 16th. Is that possible? It's December 16th, 2019. I got to get my Christmas shopping going. And today we are going to be talking about the best second game of the league championship series on both leagues from the past decade. Now, this list has a bunch of terrific games, a few walk-off games, a couple of names that repeat, and possibly the most iconic image of any baseball game of this decade. I bet you know which game I'm talking about. But hey, this podcast is available in the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Podbeam, all the places where you get your podcast. You can just go directly to the website, LockedOnMLB.com, and when you get in your car, tell your smart device to, pe- to play podcast Locked On MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network where it really is your team every day. Check out all the great stuff that we're doing on Twitter and Instagram. Lots of things happening. Great work being done by the Locked On MLB team. Not by me. I'm, I'm just posting these podcasts. But all the people behind the scenes, thank Eric, thank everyone else that's going on in Twitter land and in Instagram land at Locked On MLB. If you want to follow me, I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And check out pretty soon I'm going to be launching Bull Durham Minute, which will be a movie-by-minute podcast of my personal favorite baseball movie of all time, Bull Durham. Well, here we are. It's Monday. We're continuing the series of the best postseason games of the 2010s, and it's game two of the League Championship Series. And there's some good ones. There are some really good ones. And there are some ones that which the tide of the postseason could have turned one way or the other. And as I alluded to, there is a truly iconic moment that took place in game two of the league championship series in one of the leagues. And I'll, and I'll just spoil it. It's an American league game. So let's start with the national league, shall we? There were some good ones. And an interesting thing, when I start listing the all-time best game two of the league championship series, is you're going to see a name has popped up a couple of times. It's someone who has a much maligned postseason resume and pedigree but you know, oddly, he keeps coming up as a clutch performer here. And the first round of the gate, let's talk about 2013. Clayton Kershaw. Yeah, Clayton Kershaw. He allowed no earned runs. He allowed one earned run. Unearned run, sorry. Uh, one unearned run, no earned runs. Easy for you to say. Two hits. But you know what? He pitched well. But he got the loss, a one nothing loss, as Michael Walker pitched shutout ball into the seventh in a one nothing final for the Cardinals. So when you start listing Clayton Kershaw's win-loss record, keep in mind, there's some games he pitched well, like that one, that he walked away with a loss. Yes, he had some clunkers along the way, but they've not all been clunkers. All right, let's talk about another Cardinal, clutch Cardinal victory came the very next year. 2014, the Giants rallied to the ninth. The, the Cardinals took the lead on an Adams home run in the eighth in 2014, but the rally, the Giants rallied in the ninth to tie the game on a two-out wild pitch that scored pinch runner Matt Duffy. But Colton Wong came up against Sergio Romo in the bottom of the ninth and launched a walk-off home run 
to tie the series and send the game, the series back to San Francisco 1-1. Now, spoiler alert, there was another walk-off home run in that series. Make it one of those rare series in baseball history that contain two walk-off homers in the same series. Let's move on to 2015, where the significance of the game in 2015 was not the final score, which was Mets 4, Cubs 1, but the way that the Mets won the game. Remember that Jake Arrieta was absolutely unbeatable down the stretch in 2015, wound up winning a Cy Young Award for his troubles, and shut out the Pittsburgh Pirates in probably their best hope to advance in the postseason in this decade. And he looked invincible. Absolutely invincible. And even in the game that he won against the Cardinals, where it wasn't at his best, he still was. He still pitched well enough to make you think, you know what, he's just going to have one of those great postseasons of all time. Well, the Mets were not going to have anything of it. The three batters into the game, Jake Arrieta was down 3 nothing, thanks to home runs by David Wright and Daniel Murphy. Daniel Murphy, until the World Series, could homer at will. Noah Syndergaard struck out nine. The Mets cruised to a 4-1 final. And Jake Arrieta lost, and the Cubs wound up getting swept. 2016, hey, look at that! Clayton Kershaw, he threw a great postseason game. Another one. With the Dodgers down 1-0 to the Cubs, Kershaw won seven shot on innings, allowing two hits. A home run by Adrian Gonzalez provided all the offense in the game as the Dodgers won 1-0. In 2017, it was the Cubs and Dodgers again in the National Championship Series. John Lester allowed eight base runners and threw 103 pitches in four and two-thirds innings, but the Dodgers could only push one run across. Now, Rich Hill was terrific. He struck out eight in five innings, but he allowed a home run to Addison Russell. In the ninth, Yasiel Puig led off the bottom of the eighth on a walk by off of uh, Brian Dunsing. And then a sacrifice and a strikeout. There were two outs. Joe Madden, the Cubs manager, brought in John Lackey. Nobody is sure why with two outs. Lackey led up a walk to Chris Taylor and a walk-off home run to Justin Turner. He gave Los Angeles the dramatic 4-1 victory, and they would go on to get their revenge against the Cubs. Just a few months ago, Max Scherzer and Adam Wainwright had a great pitcher's duel. Uh, the day after Annabelle Sanchez took a no-hitter deep in the game, Scherzer took a no-hitter deep in the game. He allowed one run in seven shutdown innings, striking out 11. Wainwright had a one nothing game going into the eighth. He let up a couple of runs, finished with 11 strikeouts in seven to the third innings, but the Cardinals dropped the 3-1 game to Washington. All those were terrific games, but the best game, th- game two of the National League Championship Series I believe, came in 2018. Milwaukee Brewers took game one of that series against the Dodgers. Remember, the Brewers won the division title in that play-in game against the Cubs that had home field advantage throughout the National League playoffs. And they wound up beating, uh, sweeping the Colorado Rockies, who looked really good until they lost the division in the final play-in game of the season. The Brewers had a come-from-behind victory in game one, holding on to a 6-5. to five. Actually, no, it was, a, it, it was the Dodgers rally that fell short. Sorry, I misremember those two games. The Brewers won the first game, holding on as the Dodgers tried to rally. That's what happened. you got to forgive me. I'm looking at three different box scores at once. In this game, Hyunjin Ryu couldn't get through the fifth inning, and the Milwaukee Brewers had images of really getting to the World Series for the first time since 1982. Orlando Arcia homered, Ryan Braun 
knocked in a run. Travis Shaw homered. It was three nothing Dodgers going or three nothing Brewers going into the seventh. Now Cody Bellinger singled to drive in a run. Austin Barnes walked with the bases loaded, but a Yasmani Grandal double play ended the Dodgers rally, and it really looked like it was going to be the Brewers' year. But Justin Turner, who hit the walk-off home run in Game 2 of the National Championship Series just the year before, hit a huge two-run home run off of Jeremy Jeffress to give the Dodgers a 4-3 lead. The Dodgers would hold on to that lead and bring the series tied back to Los Angeles 1-1. It was a critical win because if the Dodgers lost that game down 0-2, it would have been all Brewers heading back to L.A. But... The postseason, in many ways, turned on that game. Justin Turner's home run was kind of forgotten by the time the postseason settled in 2018. But remember, I doubt L.A. could have survived an 0-2 hole against the Milwaukee Brewers. All the momentum would have been going the Brewers' way. And then suddenly, with one swing of the bat by Justin Turner for the second straight year in a game two, suddenly the Dodgers had life and they would make the most of it. We'll talk about the American League in just a second. But if you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Rap to show us your top Lockdown podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Lockdown Live and Lockdown MLB on Twitter, and we'll share and retweet. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about the American League right now, which includes, I think, the most iconic image of a baseball game of this decade, but let's get right to it. In 2011, Nelson Cruz crushed a walk-off grand slam in the 11th inning to give the Rangers the win and a 2-0 lead over the Detroit Tigers. 2012, Animal Sanchez's name keeps popping up. He, he has some big postseason games. He threw seven shot innings against the Yankees. The game was scoreless until the 7th when Quentin Berry sparked a rally off of the underrated Hiroki Kuroda, who was ter- also terrific in that game. Tigers scored off of Boone Logan and Jabba Chamberlain. Remember him? And former Yankee Phil Koch shut the door in the 3-0 final. And remember, that was the day after Derek Jeter broke his ankle. So there was already a sense of doom and gloom in Yankee land, and suddenly they get shut out the next day. And it was after that, it was just clear, the Yankees were just dead in the water. Uh, in 2014, let's not forget, this was another game and another Royals victory in their last at-bat. Escobar breaks a 4-4 ninth inning tie with a double. Lorenzo Cain gets an insurance run, and the Royals top Baltimore 6-4. to four. Now remember, five of the first Royals' six postseason games in 2014 were won in their last at-bat. It really was really a tremendous run that Kansas City had out of nowhere. In 2015, another Kansas City game, uh, the Blue Jays and David Price. Remember David Price was with the Blue Jays for about an hour? The Blue Jays had a 3-0 lead in the seventh inning. Looked like they were going to win that game. The Royals rallied to tie the game with the Moustakas single. Alex Gordon doubled the go-ahead run. Alex Rios added another run. Moustakas got another run. And what was a 3-0 deficit turned into a 6-3 Kansas City victory. Now, in 2016, Rajay Davis manufactured a run by himself by beating out a grounder, stealing second, stealing third, scoring on Francisco Lindor, single. And Andrew Miller just dominated the Blue Jays by striking out five in two innings of relief, and the Tribe won 2-1. to In 2017, Justin Verlander, who was still, people were still getting used to the fact that he was an asteroid at that time, through a complete game victory, Carlos Correa hit a, 
homer and then a walk-off double for the 2-1 to Houston victory over the Yankees and Aroldis Chapman. Surprise! Aroldis Chapman blew another game. Uh, 2018, Red Sox, who got smacked around by the Astros in Game 1. It really looked like it was going to be the Astros' year. But uh, Sox were down 4-2 early, but a bases-clearing double by Jackie Bradley Jr. sparked a big comeback rally, and they would hold on to take the game 7-5. And this past year, another year, another moment of Carlos Correa heroics. This time he launched a walk-off homer off of Jay Happ in the 11th inning to give Houston a 3-2 victory over the Yankees. All of those games were wonderful games. But you know the game I'm talking about. We're talking October 13, 2013. The Red Sox and the Tigers were facing off at Fenway Park. This was the Boston Strong Red Sox season. And they had won the division. And the wake of the marathon bombing, lots of emotion going on in Boston. And, of course, they defeated Tampa in the division series. But a little dose of reality was hit the Red Sox in Game 1 of the ALCS, kind of like what happened in 2018 when they lost Game 1 to the Astros. This time they lost Game 1 to the Detroit Tigers, who were the defending American League champions, and it looked like, you know what, Tigers are the better team. And Scherzer, like Sanchez the night before, took a no-hitter deep into the game. And he threw a spectacular game, striking out 13 in seven innings, allowing two hits, one run, and two walks. Clay Buckholtz did not pitch particularly well. Brandon Workman and Felix Dubront kept the you know kept the Tigers bats you know quiet. But at the time, it just looked like it was a blowout. It was going to be a bad game. Alex Avila got an RBI single. Miguel Cabrera homered, Victor Martinez doubled, Alex Avila homered again, and by the time Dustin Pedroia hit a double in the sixth inning, breaking up the no-hitter, it was a 5-1 Tigers lead. They just had to cruise through the last two innings, and they would be taking a commanding two-game-to-none series lead, and then handing the ball to Justin Verlander in Detroit. But... The Tigers' bullpen was, what's the word I'm looking for? Terrible. Terrible, terrible. Scherzer was brilliant through seven innings, but four different pitchers pitched for the Tigers in the eighth. Jose Veras led up a double to Will Middlebrooks. Drew Smiley faced one batter, and he walked Jacoby Ellsbury. Al Albuquerque struck out Shane Victorino, so there were two outs. Dustin Pedroia singled. In comes Joaquin Benoit to face David Ortiz. Now, David Ortiz was already beloved in Boston. We all loved him for what he delivered. And then he cemented all of his greatness with a, this is our bleeping city speech. But then came Joaquin Benoit against David Ortiz. You really have to, I've been trying to set this up because what he's at the plate is five to one. The Red Sox have scored one run this whole series. The Tigers started pitching was spectacular. Their bullpen was a bit iffy, but they could hold a four-run lead. All they had to do was get this out. And the series would basically be, if not over, then really close to being over. And there really wasn't any life with the Red Sox. The Tigers looked like the better team. And they probably 
would have won this game. They probably would have won the Verlander start and won one other game along the way. And the memory of the 2013 Red Sox would have been, hey, remember the year of the marathon bombing? Yeah, they won the division that year. That was pretty cool. They actually got the league championship series. But, you know, they got... They got bombed by Detroit. Detroit was the better team. They won the world. They won the pennant the year before. They won it then. They were just the better team. But that was a fun year. That was a fun year. That was a weird team, though. They had Mike Napoli and Shane Victorino, all these guys who were not members of the team that, you know, not there for very long. But they were fun. That would have been the legacy of the 2013 Red Sox. And the Tigers probably would have gone on to face St. Louis and maybe even win the World Series. Maybe you would have had a title for Verlander and Scherzer and all of them as Tigers. Maybe uh, Jim Leland would have been a manager to win the World Series in both leagues as he had done in Florida in 1997 and then with the Detroit Tigers in 2013. We don't know, you don't know. But what I do know is Ortiz hit that deep fly to right field. Torrey Hunter flipped over the wall. The cop jumped up. And that's the image of the cop with his arms in the air, Tory Hunter's legs up in the air, grand slam. Now, here's the thing I don't think we all remembered. Tie game. It tied the game. That was not the game-winning hit. But that was the game that made everyone go, oh, my God. After nearly being no hit the night before, after being dominated, after not even looking like you're showing up, suddenly you're back in the series. You're back in the game. Ortiz's Grand Slam tied it and became one of the most iconic Boston sports moments, period. I don't care what you think. It is. What do you put up with that? The Bobby Orr goal? The Adam Vinatieri uh, field goal or the, the Malcolm Butler interception? The Dave Roberts steal? You know, what, what, what other great image are you going to put up there? You know, Havlicek stealing the ball? The cop jumping up and down. It, it's up there. I'll put it up there. If you don't put it up there, then you just have anti-recency bias. Well, as it turned out, the person who walked off the game was Jared Saltalabakia. Johnny Gomes, another guy who was only a Red Sox for about an hour and a half, singled to the hole and then advanced to second on an error by the shortstop. Saltalabakia was up. Wild pitch moved Gomes to third. Then he had the walk-off home run, a uh, walk-off single to end the game. Who did he get the walk-off single against? Rick Porcello, who would go on to win a Cy Young Award and a World Series ring with the Red Sox just a few, la- year, few years later. But Salta Labakia's single is probably the most obscure walk-off Red Sox postseason hit out there because all anyone remembers is the iconic image of the cop and Big Poppy. And with the iconography of the moment and what it meant for the postseason, I'm going to call that the greatest Game 2 of the American League Championship Series of the 2010s. So we're going to move on to the best Game 3 tomorrow, but check us out on the free and easy to use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Poppy, my old place we get your podcasts. Check us out on Twitter and Instagram at LockdownMLB. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. This has been the Lockdown MLB Podcast for the 16th day of December 2019. I'm yours, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.